0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 219 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 6 today, and our topic is, How important is our rights as a Christian, and will unrepentant sinners inherit the kingdom of God? So a couple of fairly heavy topics today. Our goal is to go through the Bible chapter by chapter and to be led by the Word of God. I want to invite you to check out our website, Bible2021.com, and to share the show with your friends and neighbors. So important questions today. In fact, some of the most important questions that there are. How do we decide truth? How do we know what is right or wrong? How do we know what pleases God? How can we be saved from our sins and inherit eternal life? Is Jesus the only way to heaven or do multiple paths lead there? What actions, thoughts, and lifestyles are sinful? Now, how you answer those questions and others like them is very important. Most people answer such questions based on a mixture of sources. Their religion, what their parents, guardians, and teachers taught them, what their friends think, what society thinks, and how they personally feel. For a Christian, though... Things are different. Our answers to these questions don't come from within us, but from the Word of God. Now, the Bible clearly teaches the way of salvation. It clearly teaches what pleases God and that Jesus is the only way to be saved. The Bible clearly teaches what is sinful and what pleases God. Now, don't get me wrong. There are definitely some things in the Bible that Christians can legitimately Maybe misunderstand and disagree on. See Romans 14 for a great discussion of that. But on the primary and supreme questions of life, like the ones I mentioned above, the Bible is really quite crystal clear. And the big question for us is, will we follow what the Word of God says or will we follow some other way anyway, even some mixture of ways? The question boils down to this one binary choice. Are we under the Word of God, or are we over the Word of God? I'm going to ask it one more time. Are we under the Word of God and its authority, or are we the authority over the Word of God? And by that I mean, is God's Word the sole rule and authority and guide for the Christian, or is it something else? If we pick and choose what New Testament teachings to follow and which ones to ignore, then we are setting ourselves over the Word of God as the ultimate authority. That means I'm the one who decides what's right or wrong ultimately, or... Are we under the word of God, guided and led by its truth, no matter what our feelings say, or society says, or whatever? Now, I believe we must be under the word of God. This is largely what is meant when we say Jesus is Lord. It means that he and his word are over us. Now, I raise that question as we discuss First Corinthians 6, because this chapter is going to challenge us today both in a practical way and a spiritual way, and also because there are truths in 1 Corinthians 6 that run quite opposite to what society at large believes to be true, and Christians can be quite tempted to dismiss some of the important truths in this chapter, but that would be a great danger because the stakes are incredibly high. Practically, we are challenged in 1 Corinthians 6 because it tells us how to handle disputes with other Christians and even how to handle lawsuits with other Christians— and the fact is, lawsuits are barred completely; we're not allowed to do it and uh if we are in a dispute with other Christians, the Bible says that Christians in the church that we're at should assist us when we can't come to agreement. Now, does First uh, Corinthians six call for a formal church court sort of structure? I don't think so it, it What Paul is telling us in the passage, which we'll read in a few moments, is very informal. And the goal seems to be unity, avoiding division. Now, yesterday, we discussed Paul's profound question in 1 Corinthians 5, where he says, What business is it of mine to judge outsiders? Well, we have two more questions today. Honestly, almost as profound as the ones we talked about yesterday. Paul says... Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? He asks, confronting us with two hard questions that go everything against our demand your rights kind of culture uh, that we live in. Here, Christians are told when Paul says these questions, why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? We're being told here that it is better to be wronged and cheated by another Christian than to fight and risk hurting other people and uh, causing division. Now, I will note that Paul is not talking about abusive situations, but disagreements, disputes, that sort of thing. We are told here not to demand, quote, our rights. Now, the spiritual part of 1 Corinthians 6 that much of society is opposed to is found in verses 9 and 10. Paul says, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. Well, what is Paul saying here? Well, I believe he's saying that those who live unrepentant lifestyles, such as the ones listed, sexual immorality, greed, thieving, verbally abusive, men having sex with men, adultery, idolatry, drunkenness, etc., will not go to heaven. It couldn't be any clearer, and he actually says it twice, at the beginning of that uh, two-verse set and at the end. Now, When I was eight years old, yes, eight, I said eight, I was picked up by the police for shoplifting and I was definitely guilty of that and taken home in a squad car where I won a severe spanking as a reward for my thievery and I had to take back the stuff that I had stolen and apologize to the shopkeeper. I don't remember exactly what I stole, but I do know that silly putty was amongst the items that I filled my pocket with. Now, does this past uh career as a expert thief and burglar mean that I am barred from heaven? No, says Paul. In verse 11, he says, some of you used to be like this, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Before Christ, Christians were engaged in all sorts of unrepentant, sinful lifestyles. But, when we came to Jesus by grace through faith, we've been washed by Jesus, justified, and made legally innocent of our sins. The penalty for our sins has been paid by Jesus on the cross. Well, what if I'm greedy now? And I will tell you, with some degree of shame, I've definitely been greedy some since I've been saved. What if I engage in sexual immorality after salvation, and I will tell you with more shame that I was hooked on pornography for much of my teen years and early 20s after salvation. Does this again mean I'm barred from heaven, or perhaps you, if you've committed some of these sins? Well, I don't believe this is what Paul is teaching. As long as there has been repentance, turning away from sin, I believe that what this most important passage is telling us is that a... Lifestyle of committed and unrepentant practice of these sins means that you are not going to inherit God's kingdom, i.e. go to heaven. So the stakes are high here. Eternal life is the stakes. That's really, really high. And therefore we want to be uber careful, ultra careful to not declare something good and wholesome that God's word says will bar us from eternity in heaven. So this is a big deal. Well, what about people struggling with sin? Like, perhaps, a Christian who, uh, a person who is a Christian and loves the Lord, but is under the addiction of alcohol or sexual immorality or something along those lines. Could it be possible for such a person to be saved? Well, I've wrestled with this question for a long time. And the Bible, overall, warns us very strongly about habitual, ongoing sin. But I'm going to give you my opinion On this question, and I want to say to you, do not weigh my opinion very heavily. Get your primary and first and foremost truth on this question by reading and rereading 1 Corinthians 6. That said, I, giving you my opinion... Do believe that the person that is caught in sin in an addictive manner, who is genuinely fighting that sin and striving to please God in his or her life, and who is grieved by their sin and asks God for forgiveness and genuinely seeks to repent, I believe that person could be genuinely saved as a Christian destined for heaven because I believe that Jesus will forgive the one that sins and genuinely asks for forgiveness, even if it's several times. When Peter said, how many times should I forgive somebody who sins against me? Jesus said, not just seven times, but 70 times, seven times. And in Luke 17, verse four, Jesus says, if a person sins against you seven times in a day and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Well, I believe that Jesus will do thus, do that for us as well. But again, that's my opinion, and I will say the idea of addictive daily sinning week in and week out where we don't walk in victory is a little bit scary in light of passages like 1 Corinthians 6. So what do you do? Well, you and I, we flee to Christ for mercy and in repentance, asking for his forgiveness and trusting in his righteousness. Well, a sobering topic today, but this isn't the Always Sunshine and Happy podcast. It's the Bible 2021 podcast, and the Word of God is useful for teaching us, encouraging us, challenging us, filling us with hope, calling us to repentance, humbling us, and leading us. Well, let's go ahead and read our passage. 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 1. If any of you has a dispute against another, how dare you take it to court before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or don't you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the trivial cases? Don't you know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? So if you have such matters, do you appoint as your judges those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is not one wise person among you who is able to arbitrate between fellow believers? Instead... Brother goes to court against brother and that before unbelievers. As it is, to have legal disputes against one another is already a defeat for you. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do this to brothers and sisters. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immortal people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males No thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. And some of you used to be like this, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything." Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will do away with both of them. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. God raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Don't you know that your bodies are a part of Christ's body? So should I take a part of Christ's body and make it part of a prostitute? Absolutely not. Don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her? For Scripture says the two will become one flesh. But anyone joined to the Lord is one, is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. Amen. Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of August. It's actually memory verses. 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 6 Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Amen. Well, good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.